Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. When I go on a trip, I always forget something. Sometimes it's something small. Sometimes it's something significant. And I dread that moment, usually about halfway there, when I suddenly remember, dang it. I forgot my toothbrush. But nothing compares to the horror of the moment in an airport parking garage while Ellen and I were collecting our bags, our children, and their various accoutrements when we realized we forgot cow. If you have met my youngest son, Henry, you have undoubtedly heard about cow his favorite stuffed animal. Henry sleeps with cow. He builds Legos with cow. He plays cards with cow. And he hugs cow when he is sad. I am fairly certain that if he had to choose between me and cow, cow would win in a rout. And so, as the family was about to board a flight to visit Grandma in North Carolina, we realized that cow had been left at home. Ellen, my wife, being the smart one, sprang into action. Through the magic of smartphones and the internet, while we waited to board our flight and during our layover in Atlanta, she called the manufacturer, learned what stores in the Raleigh area carried their products, and she called each of them, and the last one she called had one cow. And it was on the way home from the airport. That night, as Henry went to bed, he remarked in passing, Wow, cows had a bath. (laughs) Crisis averted. The analogy is both literally and figuratively childish. But all of us, young or old, hold on to things. We Southerners, we really hold on to things. We hold on to our family. We hold on to our friends. We hold on to our traditions. We hold on to our SEC alliance. We hold on to grandma's pimento cheese recipe because nothing else will do. And while valuing those things that we hold dear can be good and positive and life-giving, we also hold on to things that hurt us, that separate us, that tear our souls apart. We hold on to anger. We hold on to resentments. 
We hold on to fear. We hold on to the horrible and corrosive belief that we aren't good enough. We hold on to violence, piled on others and piled onto ourselves. I was reminded of this harsh reality just last Sunday, Palm Sunday. For while we and our brothers and sisters in Christ across the globe were waving our palm branches and singing, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Some in Egypt were viciously attacked by those who hold on to violence, dishonoring their own noble tradition. And in reaction, the Church of England, our mother church, posted this provocative prayer on social media. Restless with grief and fear, the abandoned turn to you. In every hour or trial, good Lord, deliver us. O God most holy, O God most strong, whose wisdom is the cross of Christ. But I wonder on this Easter day, why is the cross wise? Jesus, the incarnation of God, the Son of Man, the Messiah, living and preaching in the midst of the oppression of Rome and the greed of the religious authorities, Jesus could have returned human violence with holy violence, and God's victory would have been swift and brutal. As he said just last Sunday, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father? and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels. But instead, instead Jesus says no. No to the cycle of violence. No to the perpetuation of darkness. No to the false dichotomy that in this life there has to be a winner and a loser. As Bishop N.T. Wright wrote in Simply Christian, The pain and the tears of all the years were met together on Calvary. The sorrow of heaven joined with anguish of earth. The forgiving love stored up in God's future was poured out into the present. The voices that echo in a million human hearts, crying for justice, longing for spirituality, eager for relationship, yearning for beauty, drew themselves together into a final scream of desolation. But then, then today happened. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Mary wept, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? The resurrection of Christ breaks the wheel of violence. The resurrection defeats death and darkness forever. The resurrection demonstrates in the most powerful, cosmic, eternal way that love is the way of victory. 
Quoting Wright again, when Jesus emerged from the tomb, justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty rose with him. Something has happened in and through Jesus as a result of which the world is a different place. A place where heaven and earth are joined forever. Or, as the band Wilco sang, our love is all of God's money. And because of the resurrection, we can let go. We can let go of our own darkness. We can let go of our hatred. We can let go of our fear. Leave them at the foot of the cross, defeated and irrelevant. And instead, we walk forward, heads held high, brilliantly illuminated by the light of the resurrection. A mentor of mine shared a story with me the other day, and I want to share it with you today. A girl lived on a mountain, and every Saturday she took a walk to the top of the mountain. And one Saturday while walking, she met God. The next day, Sunday, she went down the mountain to the village in the valley and went to church. And after church, at the door, she told the old, crusty, cynical priest that she had met God the day before. And he patted her on the head and said, Little girl, you shouldn't lie. The next Saturday, the girl took another walk and encountered God again. The next day at church, she told the priest about God. And the priest grew angry and said, Little girl, I told you not to lie. If you are really encountering God, next time you see Him, ask Him this question. When I was a boy, I did something horrible. What was it? The third Saturday, the girl walked to the top of the mountain, and once again, she met God. And she asked the priest's question. The next day, she went to worship, and made a beeline for the priest in the parish hall afterwards. I saw God again, she said. Really, said the priest, anger flashing in his eyes. So what did I do? The girl smiled. God said, I forgot. Alleluia. Amen.